Welcome to TribCast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm Scott Rada, digital news editor, joined as always by Elizabeth Beyer. And today our guest is Bernard Lenz. He is the City of Lacrosse Utilities Manager. We're also joined today by City Government Reporter Jordan Vian. And we were talking today about flooding, and, and that's going to be a, a big important thing for us, everybody in the region, for the next couple of weeks. That is right. Um, what I was hoping, Bernie, or Bernard, is that you would sort of start by telling us what kind of problems all of this excess water causes for the utilities department. I know you guys have, you know, three different utilities that you oversee. That's the stormwater, the sewage, and the uh, water utility. So what kind of problems does this cause? Well, thanks, thanks for having me uh, first. And really, we kind of have two separate types of flooding scenarios in La Crosse. You've got the, the big flood of the Mississippi River, which is a concern this year due to the amount of snow up north. You know, when that all melts and, and comes through La Crosse, um, causes high, high river stages, and then we're dealing with issues with the dikes. The other type of flooding which we're dealing with right now is more the localized, coming off the bluffs, coming off the neighborhoods. Um, this year was especially hard for the first flush uh, on the streets because we had that really wet, slushy snowstorm. And when that got plowed off onto the edges, it, it sealed those tops of all the catch basins. So when we got over 6,000 catch basins in the city and uh, the bulk of them are plugged, that's the problem when the, when the snow starts melting. So that was our first effort was really to get those tops off, get those exposed, get those uh, clean. Um, now we're looking at you know things like Ebner Cooley, La Crosse River, uh, making sure those are flowing. Um, La Crosse River this year is going to be difficult with the ice jams. So there's always that potential that, that ice would come from up, up above, find some place where it would wedge, and then more and more ice, more and more ice, and then you get uh, kind of those temporary backups of, of water. And, and, you're, and you're obviously, like you said, keeping an eye on those things. But, you know, if a citizen thinks and sees something like that, what do you encourage them to do? Yeah, we've, we've really relied on the citizens for the, you know, the intersection flooding. You know, we prioritize those for life and property, but a lot of those locations were brought to us you know through citizen requests so we have a website where people submit those they can call the utility office anytime there's a you know a flooding problem like that the citizens really are our eyes and ears out there we we have crews but they're not driving around um, just looking for things they're they're working so we love to have that input and, and know where those problems are we encourage them to call or, or submit it online and you mentioned you know kind of the two types of flooding more the uh, in the mississippi although that can be worse in a way, that's a little more predictive. You know, you sort of see that coming oftentimes days out. Is that accurate? Days or weeks out, we got a little more heads up. But, you know, it's also a lot bigger flood fight, so we have to start preparing for that. You know, and we are preparing for that right now. We've uh, been going through the checklist, you know, making sure the pumps are, are working, making sure they're full, making sure we have the resources we need that are available. Um, that type of flood flight starts even last summer. The engineering department uh, walks those dikes and inspects them, looks for anything that, that could be an issue. Then the street department or the utility department follow up and uh, uh, fix those issues. So we've got that, you know, really the flood flight for this spring started last summer um, when you look at the, like a dike situation. And you mentioned those pumps. I know I'm certainly familiar, and I'm sure many of our listeners are, of those, oh, I don't know, they, maybe they're the size of a, 
a big snowblower of these sort of portable pumping stations that you, I know oftentimes get sat along Lang Drive and other places. What, what kind of, what do those do? They're just giant pumps that pump water. So we, you know, La Crosse, especially the north side, uh, when the river comes up, we're in a bathtub. So as that river rises, we have to start plugging those pipes. Otherwise, the water flows backwards into our city or our bathtub. So those pumps then act to, to pump that water out. When the river's low, gravity pulls it out. When the river's high, there's places where we need to start pumping that. So uh, as the river rises, we plug more and more of those, and we need to get those pumps out um, so when it does rain, we can keep our, our city dry, even though it's uh, below the elevation of the river. And, and many people who have lived here very long at all often say, well, thank goodness for the La Crosse River Marsh, and if it weren't for that, the flooding in the north side or maybe citywide would be a, a lot worse. Is that an accurate statement? I mean, wetlands throughout the country help absorb floods. I'm not at all going to say that wetlands aren't a good thing. Anything time we can preserve, though, that's good. But the lacrosse marsh wetland, even if you fill the whole thing, is, is a, a couple seconds of flow coming down the Mississippi during a flood. So that doesn't help us with a, a Mississippi flood at all, no. Does it help you with, like, local rain and stuff like that at all? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a cumulative effect of wetlands that really help reduce okay. uh, flooding. So the wetlands up in Monroe County and the upper parts of mm-hmm. La Crosse County that hold and retain that flow coming down La Crosse River helps La Crosse. Um, mm-hmm. The marshes in La Crosse help things, you know, below us. So, yeah, that that's kind of how the a wetland would function. It's really the cumulative effects of, mm-hmm. of wetlands, and that's why a lot of the regulations look at the the cumulative effect of removing those those wetlands. I mean, you touched on this a little bit, but like if you guys aren't out there preparing for floods months in advance, weeks in advance, what would happen? Like what is the worst case scenario? Well, the you know, the the big Mississippi River flood mm-hmm. is, is something that we're pretty concerned about this year. There's there's record snow mm-hmm. up there. Um, the ground was wet going into the fall and then there wasn't snow, so it's it's a very deep frost. So the snow that does melt is coming our way. Um, if that comes off in a very rapid fashion and it all comes through here, um, I guess that's the nightmare scenario. That's when our dikes are, are, are put under stress. As that water goes up and starts pushing on those dikes or, uh, God forbid, overtops them, um, that's when you can get uh, a slow flood turn into a flash flood because if a dike breaks and the Mississippi starts rushing into the north side, that's the nightmare scenario for La Crosse. I know a couple of years ago, uh, the city spent a, a, a fair amount of money on a large pipe that ran a little bit south of downtown and to help alleviate some street flooding and, and kind of help keep part of that si- the city dry. Has that done the job you hoped it would? That's going to be a, a, a multi-phase project, so it's helped already. Uh, the idea is that's Ferry Street. And we're going to run that out uh, this year, actually, all the way out to uh, 10th or 11th, I believe it is. Once it gets that last pipe, it's, it's, it's collecting a lot of stuff that uh, flows from the, the north side down all the way to Johnson. Uh, if we can collect that and get it out this new big pipe, that allows Johnson Street to take a lot more water. So that's going to go after that localized flooding. We get those big flash uh, rainstorms and the low spots in the city start backing up and flooding intersections. Uh, that's what that pipe is designed to, to fix. And, yeah, we've already seen improvements with uh, the first phase. The next phase is to get it to, like I said, 10th or 11th this year. And then ultimately that will go all the way out to 15th mm. uh, Street. But that's out, you know, several years out in advance for that, the plan for that. But I, I'm assuming that your department is constantly thinking, you know, 
more than what happens next week or next month because these are expensive projects and you're always planning for uh, things well down the, pardon the pun, but down the pipe. Yeah, we've got a 20-year plan to address those those localized flooding issues. So uh, we looked at what the stormwater utility um, fees bring in, how much we can spend per year, where we want to spend that, um, and then we're trying to uh, address the, the worst places first, as well as the places that are going to give us the most return for investment on those pipes. Uh, where it's not just pipes, we're also putting in green infrastructure. Down in Diagonal Road area, we're putting in, I think it's 15 blocks of porous pavement this year. And maybe you could um, explain a little bit what, what porous pavement is for those people who may not be familiar. Yeah, people kind of think of what a French drain is. A lot of people know what that is. Basically, it's a, a long, narrow drain where water can get in the ground. And essentially, that's what you do with the road. Porous pavement is, is uh, pavement that lets water go through it. It's like normal asphalt, but they don't have the, the sands in it. Uh, that kind of block up, so it's, it ends up kind of being like a Rice crispy for consistency. So water can then get through that asphalt. Um, and then the, we also build a anywhere from 12 to 15 inches of rock storage underneath that. So the water gets through the pavement into that rock storage, and then that water can infiltrate into the sands of La Crosse and, and back to the groundwater. So uh, you design those to take about a 10-year rain event, which is what a typical municipal pipe can handle. So they basically can replace pipes, and that's what we've done in that diagonal road area. Is, is, All, there, is there a reason that, I mean, I, I mean, anybody who's seen them, it, you're exactly right, it kind of like Rice Krispie, I think, is a really good uh, analogy. Is there a reason those aren't even used more often? Is it just a, a cost issue? It is a cost, and you got to look at the uh, whether it's better to do that or better to put the pipes in. So, for example, the diagonal road is a long ways from anywhere. Um, it would have been a 6 or $7 million project to build a long line um, to get in there. And you have to start at the river, so you can't upsize it just at the problem area because you just move your problem to the end of that next big pipe. So you start at the river and build your way into the problem. So um, those areas that are more central to the city are a lot better place for green infrastructure. Um, closer to uh, uh, the river, we can get by with pipes more. And and we looked at that with the with the modeling. You know, we looked at where where are the best places, and and we identified green infrastructure projects, and we identified pipe projects. You know, one thing uh, I think I always try to correct people is, you know, uh, residents, homeowners in the city of La Crosse get what most people refer to as a water bill every quarter. But as Jordan accurately pointed out, that pays for a whole lot more than just you know, water into your home and water usage. Maybe you could explain a little bit about what that month or quarterly water bill really pays for. Yeah, it's a utility bill. So you pay for the amount of water you're producing, essentially. You know, on that bill is water, uh, you know, what you drink or flush or use in industry, uh, your sewer, what you send. Um, so those are both volume-based, just like your gas is volume-based and your electric is volume-based. Uh, in 2012, we went to a stormwater utility, which was volume-based. So the amount of water you produce on your property, you, you pay for um, and pay the city, and then we use that to treat that water. So uh, industries, commercial areas with lots of pavement, lots of roofs, are going to be paying a lot more than a, a residential house that's a, you know, one lot. As we're, as we're taping this um, Thursday afternoon, there's a little breaking news on the lacrosse uh, utility front. There is a broken Force main, is that that's the correct terminology? That's the correct term. So, yeah. so sanitary sewer flows downhill, um, and then you can't, uh, some parts of the city, you can't get it downhill all the way to the plant. So it flows downhill until you can't take it any deeper, and then you have a pump that then raises it up, and then it can flow to the plant again. 
So we have a forest main that runs from uh, kind of by the Panama Creek area all the way to Green Island. And that pipe uh, with the freeze thaws and the movement of the soil uh, fractured. So when we had that pressure build up to push the water uh, up uphill, up through that pipe, um, it started coming up out of the ground, uh, kind of in the vicinity of Wendy's on Mormon Cooley. Um, so that was an emergency we had to address. Uh, we've been uh, hauling sewage in trucks to keep up with it um, through the night, and now the contractor's out there digging it, and they've got a, a patch to put on it. Hopefully that's off as we talk. <laughs> well, that sounds, I, I can't imagine that's anybody's uh, favorite way to spend a day. The pipes under our city are, in my opinion, terribly underappreciated uh, and kind of work uh, almost every day, and we're all very happy for that. Yeah, that's the utility. As long as uh, nobody notices that we're there, we're doing our job. You know, it becomes a, an emergency when they don't work. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of part of being a utility. Is, is if you guys don't think about us, that means we're doing our job. Well, we, we, we thank you for doing your job, and more importantly, thank you. Thank you.